Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. The lights are out. Curry gets it. The lights go out. The game is over. And we're here to pick up the pieces. This is Warriors Wrap-Up. On 95.7, the game. Chest pass to Draymond, handoff, Curry, deep three, left wing, and it's Murray, cold, hard, cash for Curry. His second three of the night, another timeout for Memphis. 122-99, Warriors. And the route was on from there. Warriors go on to win this one, 142-112 as uh, the Warriors now lead this best-of-seven series. Two games to one. John Dickinson inside Chase Center. Uh, 888-957-9570. Just a dominant, dominant performance for the Warriors, in particular over the final three quarters of this one as the Warriors outscore the Grizzlies 38-29 in the second, 37-23 in the third. So you add that up, 75-52 in the middle two quarters after the Warriors actually got down 21-8 in this one. Uh, lively crowd inside Chase Center, uh, and the Grizzlies started 6-8 of eight from three-point range and had that 21-8 to eight lead on the Warriors. And uh, the Warriors, though, had made up most of that ground by the end of the first quarter. Grizzlies led by two. And then it was all Golden State over the final 36 minutes of this one. And then uh, even the garbage time minutes of the evening or mop-up duty. The Warriors were dominant there, putting up 41 in the fourth quarter. And it's a 142-112 to victory for the Warriors. A little bit of controversy post-game in this one as well, as John Morant did wind up injured looked like he he banged knees uh on a play in involving you know Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins when Poole and and Wiggins went to to trap John ja Morant out at the top of the key and Taylor Jenkins the head coach of the Grizzlies post game uh he said he thought uh that that potentially Poole had had maybe made a a grab at at Morant's knee and and yanked at it uh now uh, Jordan Poole was asked about this post game. We're going to play the the, the sound from this uh, as well uh, between now and, and ten o'clock before we get out of here. Uh, Jenkins kind of took a little bit of a just a shot. I know Mark Spears uh, of of ESPN. He tried to push and and follow up with with Jenkins on on what he thought. Uh, he saw, but yeah, he said it looked like, and I'm quoting Jenkins here, it looked like Jordan Poole grabbed his knee and yanked it. Uh, no update officially on what's going on with, with uh, the knee of Ja Morant uh, at this point. Uh, and I know there had also been another video circulating that, that showed maybe Morant had banged knees with Clay Thompson on a closeout of a three-pointer that Clay Thompson had made. So just on, on first glance, it, it didn't look like much of, of of anything, but Poole does, you know, it looked like inadvertently grab at the ball and, and wind up, you know, getting a little bit of, of Morant's knee. Now, John Morant took this thing to the next level because John Morant tweeted a video of the clip and John Morant, uh, in quotations uh, attached to the, the video clip of Jordan Poole grabbing at his knee, uh, John Morant writes, broke the code broke the code, obviously mocking Steve Kerr for the comments that Steve Kerr had regarding the flagrant foul penalty two of Dylan Brooks against Gary Payton II going back to to game two of this series. So 
uh, yeah, spicy indeed. Warriors blow the Grizzlies out. We'll see what the status of, of John Morant is uh, moving forward here in this series. He's not going to talk to reporters, uh, is my understanding, uh, inside Chase Center tonight. So, so stay tuned as this thing uh, rolls on into Sunday and Monday uh, with Game 4 and the Warriors leading two games to one and a now uh, more desperate Grizzlies team uh, not exactly taking the L very well uh, in this one. And, uh, yeah, uh, just uh, more of the back and forth that already existed. You thought tonight was going to be kind of a quiet night on that front, and it looked like because of the blowout it would be. Uh, but, yeah, the late injury to, to John Morant and the reaction to it, uh, it it's going to be really interesting. I know Jaron Jackson Jr. was asked about this as well in the – Grizzlies press conferences and he said he didn't think Poole was out to hurt anyone on the floor uh, but then he also added uh, at the end he says uh, he says I didn't think anybody was out to hurt anybody on the floor he, at the end though he puts in a quote you know the code so the Grizzlies are still feeling this you know the code stuff going back to to game two but I'll be honest just looking at some of the replays here uh, of late uh, and and also the other play where it looked like Ja banged his knee with the, with the closeout of of Clay Thompson, uh, I think. Uh, look, Gr- Grizzlies just having a tough time taking the the L tonight. Uh, but regardless, uh, as I said, stay tuned. So eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. As Warriors players are asked uh, to respond to the response. Uh, in the post-game press conference, we'll try and turn that around and, and, and get it out to you uh, here as quickly as possible as this uh, series uh, continues to, to be spicy, even in the midst of a 30-point blowout uh, in favor of the Golden State Warriors and the most points the Warriors had scored uh, in, in franchise history in a playoff game tonight uh, as well, more than any of the dynasty teams from 2015 through 2019. So if you want to react to uh, what... John Morant had to say uh, about Jordan Poole grabbing at his knee. Uh, John Morant saying broke the code. Jaron Jackson veiled reference to broke the code at the end of his post-game press conference. And uh, again, the Warriors side of things, Jordan Poole did respond as well. And I'll just read that quote to you, but he he responded, uh, said he hadn't seen the play uh, when he met with the media in the press conference room here at Chase Center. Uh, But uh, somebody in the press conference room had made a point to made a point to show him uh, what the play was and so he actually watched it on a reporter I believe it may have been Anthony Slater's phone and then had uh, a response to it uh, and and so yeah uh, Jordan Poole said he wasn't out to he wasn't out to, to injure anybody and, and that it was a basketball play and apparently John Morant now has has deleted the original tweet. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, we'll, we'll see where this thing goes, but, uh, as this series has, has gone on, it seems like it's something, uh, every single night we had another player ejection with Kyle Anderson getting tossed in this one. So three for three in terms of, of players getting kicked out, uh, one side or the other, uh, for this game. So we'll kind of leave that there, but if you want to react to it, because that is in, in, breaking and, and kind of the spicier stuff post game, uh, you can react to it at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Uh and as far as the game goes, uh, look, the Warriors much more patient, I thought, tonight offensively. So much of the discussion in the last three days, how do the Warriors get the offense rolling? And the Grizzlies continued to close out and try to take away the three point line. Uh and you saw the Warriors getting into the paint uh, and they dominated again in the paint tonight to the tune of 62-44. to 44. So the second straight game, the Warriors have 60-plus in the paint, and they were more patient uh, as the Grizzlies would, would force the Warriors into the paint, try and get them to, to kick back out uncomfortably, but the Warriors were taking the buckets in the paint and also kicking it out uh, for three-point shots, and, and you could tell there was a conscious effort for the Warriors to, to maybe not take quite as many threes and you give the Warriors a lot of credit for, for sticking with it as the Warriors got down 21-8 but, but didn't really show uh, any panic, just stuck with the game plan, kept the ball rolling, and they wind up 
out making the Grizzlies for the first time in this series from three-point range, 17-16, to 16, and the Warriors shot it at 17-32 of 32 from three-point range. So they weren't forcing the threes, but they were hitting them at, at a high, efficient clip, and it, it took the Grizzlies a good chunk of the game to cool down after the, the six-of-eight start from three-point range, but just a much more complete, balanced efficient offensive performance. Hell, the Warriors shot over 70% in, in the first half. The only reason this game was really close at the half was the hot start from three-point range uh, for the Warriors, uh, or for the Grizzlies, rather, the six of eight, and the turnovers as the Warriors had 14 turnovers in the first half that led to 19 Grizzlies points. So that was a big key and reason as to why uh, the Warriors were, were in a position where uh, the game wasn't more uh, you know, of a blowout even at the half. So 888-957-9570, nice win for the Warriors, nice bounce back for the Warriors offensively. I thought the Warriors did uh, a, a real good job giving John Morant different looks. Now Morant still did have 34 points and he was 13 to 21, maybe giving him the open three again, third straight game that Morant has shot a good percentage from three point range. But if you look at it, just five free throw attempts for Morant, they doubled him more. They took the ball out of his hands. There were different looks. Jonathan Kaminga found himself matched up on on Morant a couple of times. Uh, Andrew Wiggins did a job. The Warriors even threw a little Draymond Green at him from from time to time. Jordan Poole was much more forceful in a couple of his matchups after after really being hunted out uh, by the Grizzlies and, and by Morant in, in Game 2 specifically. So uh, nice adjustments there from the Warriors as far as, as the defense goes. And, and look, Morant went for his 34, uh, but you, you look around the, the box score for the Grizzlies, and nobody else had more than, than 15, and that was Jaron Jackson Jr. In a, in a second consecutive inefficient game for, for Jaron Jackson Jr. Four of eight from three, but, but 0 for five from two. And you just look at the Warriors, both ends a, a much more buttoned-up performance, but I think if there's a tell for the Warriors in, in the first couple of games, it's the free throws for Morant. Morant only went to the free throw line three times in game one. Warriors win it. He goes to the free throw line five times in this one. The Warriors win it. And then you look at, at the game in between. He goes to the line 13 times. That's the difference between a, a low 30s game and a mid to upper 40s game. And ultimately, uh, the Warriors with a much more efficient offensive game themselves uh, hit the uh, hit the Grizzlies again in terms of the rebounding, beat them on the glass for a third straight game uh, in this one, 38-29 to 29 on the board. So, so tonight the Warriors got right in terms of they were the better three-point shooting team as the night went on. It took them all night to get there. They continued to dominate on the boards, better defensive effort against John Morant, and they were a much more patient offensive team in terms of keeping the ball movement uh, in check. Uh, add all that up, and it winds up being a, a blowout victory uh, for the Warriors. So 888-957-9570. If you want to react to this one, the Xfinity Mobile text line is open as well. Steve Kerr is going to respond uh, to what uh, the Grizzlies head coach Taylor Jenkins had to say. Jordan Poole responds to the tweet now deleted from John Morant. We're going to get into all of that between now and 10 o'clock. You'll hear from everybody. Draymond Green speaking at the podium right now. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. It's Warriors wrap-up with John Dickinson as the Warriors take a 2-1 lead in the series, 142-112. to You heard it right here at 95.7 The Game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Porter Jr. on the left wing, back to Clay from the hash mark. Heat check three is good. Timeout Memphis. The Warriors lead by 15 on an eight-wheel run. 72-57 here in game three. Now back to Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. A key stretch of this one. Tim Roy on the call there as the Warriors were up just seven as John Morant hit the half-court shot at the buzzer to close quarter number two. But the Warriors come out 10-0 run from a seven-point lead. The Warriors would push it uh, all the way. At that point, it was at the 8-0 run to make it a 15-point game. Warriors would actually push it all the way to 17. And then quickly after that, uh, up to 21, a 23-9 start to the third quarter overall uh, for the Warriors. And, and Otto Porter Jr. getting the nod in the second half after Jonathan Kaminga got the start in the first half. Kind of a mixed bag for Kaminga. I was a little bit surprised that Steve Kerr went there. But uh, Kaminga held his own on a couple of drives by, by Morant, had a couple of wild turnovers, and, and had a couple of buckets. So all in all, uh, as far as that, that first stint went for Jonathan Kaminga, about what you would expect for, for a young player, uh, a 19-year-old getting in the, the opportunity to start in, in a game as, as big as tonight. Steve Kerr went away from him all the way uh, up, up until deep into the second half, and, and Kaminga actually wound up with a pretty good night uh, on the stat sheet in terms of uh, the mop-up minutes. He had a big fourth quarter uh, in this one for the Warriors as he, he finished – with 12 of his 18 points uh, in the fourth quarter, had had four early on. And Porter came in, and how about Otto Porter Jr.? Plus 30, uh, knocked down a couple of threes in, in his 24 minutes, but he's been doing it all uh, for the Warriors really throughout the whole postseason, just uh, kind of a, a glue guy. Keeps the ball moving, rebounds, sticks his body in there. Uh, and, and isn't afraid to, to mix it up. And, and he's been a, a key, key cog. Looked like he got a little bit banged up at one point tonight, but was able to, to grind it out uh, and keep rolling. So, yeah, Otto Porter Jr. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he winds up maybe in the in the starting lineup at some point uh, as this series continues to roll on. So 888-957-9570. Steve Kerr sound in just a moment. Let's get that guy in Oakland here on the phone lines on 95.7 The Game. What's going on, that guy? Hey, good evening, J.D. Appreciate you taking my call. Hey, great game by the Dubs, man. As soon as they settled down and start playing, they had a lot of turnovers, but the ball movement was back, and, you know, they settled into it. And, and you know, the, the being at home with the extra rest, it helped all four teams. All four teams won game three this weekend so far. So um, I, I think it was a great game from that standpoint and way to mix it up with putting the kid in there. I guess he was like the youngest guy to start a playoff game in 50 years. So that was good. But, hey, I wanted to comment on Jenkins and uh, the Memphis Koala Bears because, I mean, it was all cute and stuff with these guys. But now, you know, the whole thug mentality is going too far. The coach has to take responsibility and to squash this. You know, he's letting players go on social media and, and rant and rave about all this, and he's feeding into it. Steve Kerr would not let this allow – would not allow this. I mean, he's – like I was telling your producer, he's got more basketball in his pinky than Jenkins will ever have in his entire body. 
So he's just a B-level coach, and I hope you Memphis fans are listening to this out there. You guys need to stop the thug act and play basketball because someone's going to get hurt, J.D. If they, if they keep feeding us all day tomorrow, someone's going to get hurt on Monday. What's your take on it? Thank you. Have a good night. Yeah, no. No, I, I appreciate the call. I, I do think, you know, how, how they take what happened, it, you know, does have the potential to put to put Warrior players at risk, depending upon the mentality that, that they're coming at this thing with. I mean, that is a concern. I know John Morant deleted the tweet uh, after he had tweeted a, a picture of Jordan Poole grabbing his knee and he, and he wrote, broke the code. Uh, in there, uh, you know, Jordan Poole was asked about it post game. We'll, we'll have that for you. But this all started with Taylor Jenkins saying he was quote curious what happened on the play, uh, and and you know they they want to see more film on it. Maybe want it to be reviewed by uh, the, the NBA. Uh, as Jenkins said, he was going for a dribble and Jordan Poole grabbed his knee and yanked it. I'm going to be very curious to see what happens after that. So again, almost mocking, I think, in a way, the way that Steve Kerr had reacted to the Gary Payton injury from from uh, the other night. Because I think when you look at the video, you can tell really, really wasn't a lot going on there. It did seem to be, and, and Jordan Poole said he thought it, you know he was a didn't even realize what had happened. Said, hey, this was a basketball play. I was going for the ball. Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. I'm quoting Jordan Poole now. I'm not even that type of player. I respect everybody. So, I mean, obviously, hopefully we get, hope he gets better. Hopefully he gets better and we can see him out there the next game. I don't even play like that for real. That's not my type game. Uh, and then there was a follow-up question. Uh, I Ja did tweet, quote, broke the code. With a video of that play, do you have any response to that? And Jordan Poole said, we got another game on Monday. So, uh, you know, the Warriors moving on to the next in this one. It seems like the Grizzlies getting a little caught up. Obviously, if if John Morant wound up being out for a series, you would figure that, that they would feel some kind of way about it. Uh, but, again, looking at the video of it, and there was another video that, that was put out there that showed Morant coming up limping after banging knees on a closeout of a Clay Thompson three-pointer. So, uh, the, the Grizzlies, as this series has gone on, and really from from the jump, have seemed to be uh, accepting the role of of wanting the smoke and and wanting the back and forth. Well, here's the thing: if you want the back and forth, then then you better back it up with some wins. Otherwise, when you go out, it it's going to look even worse for you. And and so yeah, to have that be the chatter after you get blown out by thirty. Not exactly the best look in the world. So so we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Draymond Green also responded to it. But uh, at this point, I mean, the most important thing is, is John Morant healthy? And I think everybody hopes John Morant's healthy and, and is able to play uh, in game four and, and play going forward. But as far as the rest of it, I mean, yeah, the Grizzlies, uh, the, the Grizzlies have, have done a lot of talking and the Warriors are, are backing it up with their play to this point to the tune of, of having the, the two games to one series advantage. All right, Billy in San Francisco is next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Billy. Hey, J.D. Thanks for taking my call tonight. I want to chime in on my thoughts actually about the Memphis franchise. I think you brought up a really good point about, you know, I was really excited about Memphis this year and watched them play really good basketball. And then, okay, let's see what they're made of in the playoffs. And they get to the second round and – you know, the first time they meet adversity, they're kind of reacting with these tweets post-game. They're doing these hard fouls. They're not really focusing on the game itself, and it just kind of smells like a franchise that hasn't really been there before. So I'm a little disappointed in what's kind of a prove-it moment for Memphis, and they're not really falling through. So all in all, a little disappointed with the outcome and really excited for game four and what feels like probably just going to be a, a Golden State I don't know, four, four wins in five games kind of a situation here. But all in all, appreciate you taking my call. Appreciate your work, and uh, have a good night. Yeah, thanks, Billy. It, 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 they are acting like a franchise that hasn't been there before because they are a franchise that, that essentially hasn't been there before. At, at least with this group, they have not. Now, I know they did make it to a, a conference finals, and they have been in the second round a few times, different iteration. Obviously not this group, but the, the grindhouse uh, gang with, with – Randolph and Gasol and Connolly and Tony Allen and, and Dave Yeager and, and those teams uh, had had runs that obviously met with the Warriors at, at the end of, of that 
group's run with the beginning of, of the Warriors' run back in, in 2015 in a series that, that the Warriors won. But, yeah, they're not they're not handling it well. And, and, honestly, if you're the Warriors at this point, you keep your head down, you keep playing basketball, you get championship pedigree, you don't get caught up in all of that. And, look, we've seen this before. We've seen this before in the in the earlier you know, dynasty years for the Warriors. Think about how many times teams wanted to mix it up and get caught up with the Warriors as far as the back and forth and running their mouths and getting into tweets and 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 trying to come up with cute quotes. And when did it end well for for any of them? Like like bluntly, when did it end well for any of them? I mean, yeah, you know, Warriors you know, beat a bunch of these, whether it was. You know the the Chris Paul Clippers that they put out the the Durant Westbrook Thunder Harden with the Rockets like all these teams that wanted to get into it and mix it up with the Warriors, you know the Cavs got them one time but Warriors got them three times out of four. So for for all the teams that wanted to to run their mouth, you know, the Warriors ended a lot of runs for some of these other teams before they even started. And so, yeah, not the best look in the world right now for, for the Grizzlies uh, as they fall down. But, look, it's only as good as what happens in the next game. And the Grizzlies, if they can get it together and, and win a game on, on Monday night, everything changes very, very quickly. So let, let's go to Charlie next here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, Charlie, you're on Warriors Wrap Up. Hey, J.D., what's going on, man? Uh, just to follow up from uh, my call to you guys earlier, when the game opened up with seven turnovers in the first quarter, <laughs> uh, you might you might have heard me drop a few bomb f bombs from, from New York City to Memphis. I was going out of my mind, but um, they settled down. And and uh, and like also we discussed Kaminga. Do you think he looked um, over like uh, what's the uh, overwhelmed by the start because he, he he looked he had a couple of turnovers he, he he didn't he just looked like the moment was too big for him um yeah he what, did what he you... did and and I'll let, I'll let you jump in here Charlie I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hang up on you but we can have a little conversation about it no I I think I thought he was a little a little overamped overwhelmed whatever a couple of really reckless turnovers I thought he he did have the one stop where he got matched up on Morant and and made a play but uh, and he got a couple of buckets in there. So all in all, I don't think he played well in that first stint. But the trend with Kaminga has been struggles initially, and then kind of figures it out. So I, I think if if he does get another opportunity, I would I would suspect that he would he would probably play better. And then it you know he's he was sure comfortable in mop up duty in the fourth quarter to make sure he padded that stat line uh, and 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 put on a little bit of a show for the the folks that were were enjoying the blowout uh, in the fourth quarter. But I was surprised Steve Kerr went to him. Uh, they did get down twenty one eight. I know Steve Kerr didn't want to put a lot of that on on him. Uh, Charlie, but but yeah, you know, Kerr went to him, and they ended up playing Porter the bulk of the minutes anyway. Just finally, uh, I, I go, especially the way Porter looks like he found his shot tonight. Uh, he, I'd like to see him in the starting lineup going forward. And one, one last, they were also talking about that they don't, they think that Ja might have hurt his knee when he banged it with Clay. Yeah, not so much pool grabbing because what that play looked like it was a nothing like I don't know how that could have caused potential damage to a a, a knee anyway all right that's all I got JD I'll keep listening yeah appreciate it thanks for the call and yeah we mentioned that a little bit earlier that there was the other clip of jaw hurting his knee on the closeout of a Clay Thompson three-pointer there so it's look uh I think I think if anything it seems like the Grizzlies are still feeling some kind of way more about the Steve Kerr reaction to the Dylan Brooks play than maybe anything that that happened tonight. Other than, other than uh, you, you know, uh, other than, I think they're more caught up in that than they are about what was actually going on as far as as uh, you know the, the the injury itself. So. Uh, 888-957-9570, It's kind of a combo of frustration about the injury itself and potentially not having job. That that was part of it. 
The other part of it, though, I think was still the Grizzlies being more irritated by the reaction that Steve Kerr had to the to the Dylan Brooks flagrant two uh, and, and ultimate suspension. All right, let, let's get to Steve Kerr. We'll hear what he uh, had to say post game, and then uh, a little bit of Jordan Poole as well. But uh, let's hear from the head coach of the Warriors here following this one. Steve, you said it was mostly about your offense last game, and you, the shots were going to be there, and if you make it, you'll be fine. Was this game, I mean, obviously it's both sides, but was this game mostly your offense just really finding a groove? Yeah, the uh, shot selection was much improved. Um, we worked harder to get great shots instead of shooting into shot challenges and um, moved the ball beautifully. And, you know, after that, that first half of uh, sort of frenetic turnovers we settled down we only had three turnovers in the second half so uh great night offensively um competed defensively as well we tied the game together really well and um, it's a good night uh, steve what, what went into the decision to start Kaminga, and how did you think that he fared uh we wanted to uh to replace gary's athleticism around the rim memphis is a really athletic team and um you know it's tough to finish at the rim uh you saw gary do it you know first game several times and we knew we knew jk could do the same so just wanted him to to get the first crack i thought he played well you know he um we did not start out the game well but i didn't think it was jk's fault i don't i didn't think he did anything wrong he might have had a turnover in there but we were just too frenetic to start the game we, we had a bunch of turnovers and you know they hit three threes three long threes at the end of shot the shot clock and got that early lead and slow start but uh, as I said we settled down after that. Steve is this the most uh, mixing and matching and shuffling of guys that you've done in a playoff series in a while? I don't remember frankly you know we've had a lot of a lot of playoff games we've probably had some times like this with with injuries where you know Steph was out or you know someone was out and we had to to do some of that but uh yeah, I mean, we've, we've got good players. We've got a lot of depth, so we feel like we have a lot of options, a lot of, a lot of good options. They hit a bunch of threes early, but generally it seemed like you, you held really difficult shots. What did you like or, or not like just defensively tonight? I thought we competed better. I thought um, even though Jaw had another huge night, I thought we made things tougher on him at the rim. He scored uh, some buckets over some really good verticality plays, which um, we'll live with. But I thought we just made it tougher on them in general tonight overall defensively. Steve, we've, we've been asking about Otto Porter, I guess, all postseason. But was there a moment this season when you re- realized or you just saw that he was a guy who fights to get the ball, who who you're just maybe better put together when he's out there? Or, or did you know that when you guys signed him? We knew that he was capable of that because we had seen him have great success in the league, but we, we didn't know with the injury history the last couple of years. So the big thing was when he started out the season uh, healthy, and he showed what he could do. It was uh, it was obvious that he was a, a great fit for us. You know whether he was making shots or not. He's just a, he's a great player. He understands the game. He's 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 a hell of a rebounder. He moves the ball. Otto just knows how to play. So he's a really good fit with us. Steve, they were uh, attacking Jordan last game. This game, he seemed to be bent on attacking. Uh, how critical has his penetration been for your offense? Yeah, fantastic, Jordan. Um, you know, just our ability to space the floor and get him going downhill and, and what he's added to our team is so important. You know, we're able to, to put Steph on the bench. And um, you know, I would say for the series, we're, we're probably, um, you know, winning the non-Steph minutes, which is a big deal for us because for, for a long time, that's been an issue. But um, Jordan gives us another pick and roll player, another playmaker, another scorer. And, uh, you know, that the top of the fourth quarter, they kept their starters out there. They figured they were going to make make another run. If they were going to make one, they had to had to do it then. So they kept Jaw on the floor. Steph goes out and Jordan scores three or four buckets in a row to keep keep them at bay. And uh, that was a huge part of the game for us. Steve Clay found some offensive rhythm this game. What did you see from him? I loved a couple of shot fakes that he made. Instead of shooting into the shot challenge, he, he pump faked and sidestepped and shot, um, moved the ball along. You know, I just thought in general, he got better shots. We got better shots. And when you establish a tone where you get good shots, uh, then the tough ones tend to go in. He had the one-legged three-pointer, which um, was not a good shot. But by that time, he was 
he was comfortable. He was in rhythm and, you know, he's very capable of making those, but if he's taking that kind of shot, the entire game, it's not going to go well. So I just, I just liked his poise and his patience. Steve, we often talk about aggressive Wiggins tonight. He had five fouls, which is, I guess, a glimpse of that, but there was a play late in the first half where he rips a rebound and goes coast to coast and, you know, just barrels through and somebody gets the three point play. Is that a little bit of a, maybe a window into his approach of what he's trying to do this postseason? It was a big play, just his aggressiveness and uh, the two for one and the tone that it sets, you know, somebody going to the rim and attacking like that for us. So Wiggs has been great all postseason, really good in the in the Denver series. And he's been been battling on the glass in this series, making some big plays. So he's uh, he's having a great run. Steve, um what did you what did you see on that play where Ja got injured? Apparently Taylor Jenkins just said post game that he looked at the the play and it looked like uh Jordan had yanked him. I didn't even notice. I didn't notice the play. You had predicted that it would be loud tonight, and um, you're undefeated in this building so far in the postseason. And, you know, there was obviously some some wonder about how it would be. Would it be like Oracle? Just what what, have, what are you feeling in this place right now, um, especially in, like, a, the third quarter tonight? The fans are excited that, you know, the playoffs are – are in the in this building for the first time um, that our team is uh, is whole again after the last couple of years of of um, kind of getting through the the adversity and uh, you know everybody's enjoying the the ride so we got to enjoy it while it lasts. Another Porter question here's plus thirty tonight and, and and however much you know he's doing good stuff. Sometimes are you marveling at what that plus minus number is showing up for him? I think he was a plus uh, seventeen in game two. If I'm not mistaken, it's uh, it's not a coincidence. You know, he he just uh, like I said, he understands how to play. He's in the right spot all the time. He's he's made a huge impact on our team. Steve, I know you're over here. You're talking about Clay earlier. How much of a barometer is he for your offense? It seems like the way he plays, the catch and shoot, when he's going well, it sort of typifies your offense. Yeah. Um, is that fair to say? And how much was that connected tonight? Do you think when we're getting good shots, the chances of Clay you know, getting hot are, are, are much greater. And when he gets hot, our team takes on a different look. You know, it ju- we just become much tougher to, to guard. And uh, it's all connected. You know, if we can, if we can seek great shots, then Clay's, Clay's much more likely to, to get hot. Steve, I know you don't have the complete personnel that, that you want to have with as far as health and everything, but with the personnel that you do have, because this is close to a peak performance as you could predict or expect from the guys that you have? Uh, it's it, it was a performance that I, I knew was in them, you know, after watching the tape for the first couple games. Uh, Memphis is a, uh, a really fast athletic team. Um, it, but on tape, we saw that if we were a little more patient and a little more poised, that we could get some good shots. And I, and I think... You know, the, the, our players have adapted now to to the that speed and, and the type of defense we're facing, and and they did a great job tonight of uh, generating better looks. But it's two one, um, long way to go. We know that uh, Memphis is a is a, a tough team, and they just got through a difficult series against Minnesota. And we know what they're capable of, so uh, we're going to have to continue to play well. Steve Draymond said uh, yesterday he was going to you know, be his emotional self and, and whatever the highs and lows of the game. He, but he did, he did keep his cool through some, some moments there. Um, how you spoke about that earlier in the week, just, just everybody not letting this get under their skin, so to speak. Uh, what did you think of how, how he did it on both ends? Uh, yeah. Draymond is, you know, he's always kind of our heartbeat and you know, I've called him that many times over the years and uh, he sets a tone I thought uh, he did a great job leading the team. He talked to the team before the game at the walkthrough about, you know, coming out ready to play. And, um, you know, Draymond is Draymond. He impacts winning at um, at an incredible level. And um, so he was, uh, he was great tonight. And he's, this is what he does. Grizzlies obviously didn't have Dylan Brooks. One, how did you guys feel the lack of Dylan Brooks in terms of just shots being available? And two, what do you expect in game four with him returning? We just, you just play, you just go out and play. I mean, they've got guys who are capable. Melton was fantastic last game, you know, some huge block shots. So, um, you know, we, we didn't, we didn't really talk about any absences or anything like that. And um, what I'm expecting from next game is uh, a great effort 
um, and competitive desire from Memphis because, as I said, we know what they're about, what kind of team they are, and so we got to be we got to be ready because um, it's just two one. There's uh, there's a long way to go. Steve, one more question about Otto. Um, you know, obviously he's been key to you guys all season, but how does it become that much more important with guys like Andre and GP two out? Yeah, I mean, you know, with uh, with those guys out, we're we're really leaning on Otto even more. And um, you know he's uh, he's capable of playing multiple positions. He kind of play across the the front line, three, four, or five, and uh, he's uh, he's done a great job. 142 is the most you've ever scored in a playoff game. Does that surprise you? There's a lot of points. It I'll bet the Nelly Warriors scored more than that in a playoff game, most in franchise history. Uh, I mean, I think I saw San Francisco Warriors in like '67. Take that, Nelly. <laughs> Wherever you are. A funny moment there at the end of the Steve Kerr press conference as uh, the Warriors do wind up with the 142-112 to 112 victory uh, over the Grizzlies. The patience and poise, the thing that, that stood out to me as far as the comments there from Steve Kerr and, and kind of knowing what it takes and learning as the series goes on what it's going to take to get better shots and to deal with the style of play that the Grizzlies are trying to deploy uh, defensively. I think the Warriors made pretty good use of, of their three days in between game two and game three to come out and still dominate in the paint, but also get some better looks from three point range and, and knock down uh, a high clip from three point range overall as the Warriors 17 for 32 over 50%, 63% from the field overall, but 53% from three-point range. Warriors cleaned it up a little bit, even with the turnovers and the hot start by the Grizzlies, able to turn it into a blowout. All right, 888-957-9570. If you want to react to what Steve Kerr had to say, we've got our, your shot of the game coming up as well. We'll hear from Jordan Poole. You're not going to want to miss what Jordan Poole had to say as he reacted to John Morant and what Morant had to say about Poole grabbing at his knee. Warriors wrap-up rolls on from Chase Center here on 95.7 The Game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Draymond. Inside, looks, finds Porter Jr., three in the corner, got it! Otto Porter, 51-42, Warriors on top, Otto with 10 points, he has yet to miss a shot. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95-7 The Game. Otto Porter did go on to miss a couple of shots, but 5 of 7 overall, 3 of 5 from three-point range, 13 points and a plus 30. Warriors bench making a big imprint on this one uh, right at the start of the second quarter as well. Really started the second uh, and started the third quarters where the Warriors made uh, some big time. Hey, Warriors have led at 31-30 for the first time in this one after trailing 21-8. Uh, they pushed it all the way up uh, to 
36-30 at that point, a 10-2 start for the bench group for the Warriors in the bench group at the top of the second quarter and the fourth quarter. Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Damian Lee, Otto Porter Jr., and, and Kevon Looney. And I think Kevon Looney deserves a, a nod as well uh, for 17 solid minutes and a 3-for-3 three three with three rebounds and a, and a plus seven. Uh, Looney uh, handling his own a little bit, and he got matched up more with Brandon Clark in this one and, and did a nice job as Clark uh, had hurt the Warriors at times in the first couple of games. For the most part, you know, Brandon Clark, non-factor tonight, minus 24. You could make a case he was the worst player uh, on the floor uh, going into the, the yeah going into the fourth quarter, but he ended up uh, a minus 24. Kind of wipe out the fourth quarter uh, when uh, teams up by by 20 plus, and then they end up winning by 30 with the mop up time. So eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. Still time to sneak in some phone calls uh, between now and 10 o'clock. Uh, let's go ahead, though, and hear from Jordan Poole. And to just set this up again, uh, post-game, Taylor Jenkins, the head coach of the Grizzlies, uh, he made the comment uh, that, that he thought there was something going on with Jordan Poole grabbing at the knee of John ja Morant. Morant left the game in the fourth quarter, uh, limping uh, with uh, some kind of a knee injury. Uh, and then uh, John Morant tweeted a video of the play and attached a quote, broke the code to the video. Uh, he since deleted the tweet. Uh, Jordan Poole was asked about it postgame, and uh, among the answers here from, from JP, uh, you'll hear his response. So let's play Jordan Poole. Jordan, can you just kind of take us through what you saw in that play with Jaw or his – your? hand looks like to get caught on his knee uh I didn't even really see it yet for real so I mean I don't, I don't know what to like say about it I mean y'all can show me I'll get y'all answer but I can't see it yeah I mean it's a basketball play when we, when we doubled him um and I hit the ball and I was going for the ball I mean obviously you don't want to see anybody get hurt I'm not even that type of player I respect everybody so I mean obviously hopefully we get better hopefully he gets better and, um you know we can see him out there next game but you know I don't even play like that for real that's not my type of game I guess Jaw did tweet, uh, broke the code with a video of that uh, in response to that. We got another game on Monday. Were you guys uh, sure that this kind of offensive explosion was was there? Did you feel it coming? We were able to knock down some of our looks today. We had some good looks. We were able to move the ball. Um, a lot of guys stepped up. Felt good to be back on, on home ground. We felt that energy, and um, it was helpful tonight. Did you see Wiggins' bully play where he gets the rebound and just goes full court and goes in and dunks and gets fouled? What would you think of that Wiggs? Um, Wiggs has been playing phenomenal for us. Um, he's so aggressive, and uh, he's been getting it done on both sides of the ball. You know, and when he plays like this, it's really hard to stop us. You know, so having him go out there and continue to play with the aggressiveness that he has been um, has been really special to watch. Jordan, how was those uh, the three day break? You know, where they, they were coming after you, he was attacking you. He, you know, the highlights are everywhere. Right, talking about your defense. How were you impacted by that over the break and heading into game three? I wasn't. It's basketball. You know, when we go out there, we play hard, we compete. This is the best players in the world. So just going out there, just playing hard, stick to our game plan, shrug it off, keep it pushing, come back next day, go to the drawing board, and just try to get better. How much of you were determined to be the attacker instead of the one being attacked in, in game three? I'm just playing my game. Yeah, Jordan Poole playing his game and playing well. Uh, a major factor, again, for the Warriors in this one. And I thought he did stiffen up a little bit defensively. Uh, but back to the efficient Jordan Poole that the Warriors have been used to in a majority now, I would say. Uh, you look at the, the five games against the Nuggets and now the three games against the Grizzlies. Jordan Poole's been outstanding, I would say, in, in five of, of the eight games. And the Warriors have, have won all of them. Uh, so I, you almost make a case that he's the barometer for this Warriors team during this this playoff run, at least for these these first couple of rounds. And, yeah, you catch the response there. Uh, look, I mean, in, in reviewing this thing, I don't think there was much. I don't think there was much going on. I know the Grizzly side of it may, may be going crazy about it. We certainly hope that Morant is able to come back and, and be healthy and play in Game Four and for the remainder of this series. But uh, yeah, a lot of the chirping and, and the back and forth. I'm not sure what exactly is is going on there. Uh, I, it did look like Poole was making a play on the ball. I don't think he was trying to grab at Morant's knee. I know there was another play where Desmond Bain uh, had had looked like he dove at. 
Jordan Poole's knees uh, on a on a loose ball. I wanted to make sure to, to point that out as well. Uh, I, I, but again, I, I don't think either one of those plays were malicious or with, with any kind of intent. But with all of the talking going on back and forth between these two teams uh, and and with you know players potentially getting hurt, that does ramp up the intensity level even farther. And that does ramp up the bad blood even farther. But at this point, it, it, it feels to me like the Grizzlies are starting to get a little bit in their own heads with this thing. And sure, losing John Morant would be bad enough in its own right for them. But but it it, it seems like like maybe the comments from Steve Kerr are living rent-free in, in, in some of the, the Grizzlies' heads uh, at this particular point in time. Oh, by the way, game four on Monday night, Dylan Brooks will be back. So that's going to bring a rise, uh, I would imagine, out of the crowd here uh, inside uh, of Chase Center on, on Monday. Uh, John Morant, uh, Jared Greenberg of, of TNT, uh, and Turner uh, caught a video of Ja walking out of the building tonight and, and back to the, the bus, and he's limping, uh, you know, walking out limping. He did not speak to the media, so we'll see what happens uh, as far as, as tomorrow and an update there. Uh, but, yeah, no questions from the media uh, as Ja limped out of Chase Center uh, so more on that all tomorrow. Uh, let's go ahead and get to our shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Poole on the left wing. Working on Jackson with the dribble. Poole lowers his head, drives by him, goes up, handoff Looney. Looney back to Poole in the left corner. It's up and good. Three ball for Poole. If we were on TV, I would have you telestrate that play. <laughs> It'd be lines all over the place. <laughs> Lines all over the place indeed. Uh, and a big-time night for the Warriors, for, for Jordan Poole as well as uh, your shot of the game presented by the County of Santa Clara. Book a COVID-19 booster shot now at sccfreevax.org or you can call 211. Between now and uh, 10 o'clock, got about 13, 14 minutes to go. Still time for a couple of phone calls uh, if you'd like. We're going to go ahead and, and roll Draymond Green post game, get his thoughts on, on the Warriors' win. I know he had some some strong comments on the positive side with respect to, to Andrew Wiggins and the way Wiggins has been playing. He responded to the, the back and forth that is starting to become ongoing, uh, at least from the Grizzly side of things, uh, about uh, you know, some of the chatter coming out of this one. We'll also try and hear uh, at least Clay Thompson and Steph Curry's response to uh, what was going on uh, with the Grizzlies reacting to the to the play involving Jordan Poole and and, and John Morant as well. Uh, but but first, let, let's hear from Draymond uh, following this one. Draymond was just just the matter of you guys getting in an offensive rhythm tonight. Was was that? Do you think the difference in this game? I think it was a matter of stop turning the ball over. Uh, we turned the ball over a lot. First half, fourteen turnovers, three turnovers in the second half. You know, so we've always you know believed that we're a very good shooting team. But if you're not getting looks at the rim, it doesn't matter. And and then getting good looks. I think uh, tonight we we found great shots. We didn't uh, we didn't just settle for good shots. We found great shots and. They went in. Draymond, how, how much is Clay a barometer for your offense? When he's going, it seems like the team's going, maybe kind of because of the way he plays, right? I mean, if he's getting those catch-and-shoot shots as opposed to dribbling and hunting for them, isn't that a, a great sign? And isn't that what kind of what happened tonight? Yeah, I mean, you know, we all know what Clay is capable of. You know, he's one of the greatest shooters that ever played this game. I think a lot of people tend to forget that. One of the guys who revolutionized the game of basketball. So that's what we expect from him. And, you know, our words to Clay is always, let's find you great shots. You find Clay great shots, he can knock them down, as we know. Draymond, what did you think of Wiggins, Wiggins playing bully ball going coast to coast, ripping the rebound? That's what we've been asking Wiggins to do all year for two years or however long he's been here. Put your head down and get to the hole. It's very hard to stop him from getting to the basket. And, you know, that was an incredible play uh, right before the half. That's who he's been all playoff long. It's bigger than just dunks. The way he's been rebounding and the physicality that he's been playing with and boxing out. I think, you know, sometimes we get caught up in rebound numbers. But when you're a guy that box out, you don't always get the rebound. 
And he's been doing an incredible job no matter who he's who he gets matched up on of boxing out. I mean, I saw four or five possessions myself where I'm on the other side and he's boxing out Tim Tillman and knocking the ball away. We need him with that mindset. It's huge for us. Draymond, you see Porter with a plus 30 tonight, and this isn't the first postseason game where he's been a great in the plus minus does that ever surprise you, you look down because he's not and you know, he, he made some threes tonight but he hadn't been sworn a ton but is it does it make sense to you sometimes it does because he he all year he's been a guy that just makes the right play he knows where to be on the floor he rebounds the ball really well you know he is he's very steady you know he doesn't take much risk um he's just a very steady force for us so it's not surprising um auto one sound to max deal in this league when it was hard to get max, you know, sometimes guys get max now just because they're supposed to. I don't sign a max contract when it was hard to get a hundred million dollars, and you know, and he's he's healthy. I think that's been a big part of it. Last three four years, he's been hurt, and he's healthy, and and he's playing great basketball for us all year. Not just tonight, but he was a very impressive tonight. Yesterday, you were talking about the importance of you know Jaw's going to get his, but limit everyone else how do you think you guys did i think we did a pretty good job you know we let bang get loose loose a little bit tonight four for seven from three but overall i think we did a pretty good job of of stopping other guys like i said you have to you have to stop the guys that that you can stop because it's very hard to stop ja draymond did you get the opportunity to see the play where ja moran get appears to get hurt yeah didn't they bump knees no um it, it was in a, in a situation that it looks like Jordan is reaching in for the ball. And Taylor Jenkins, after his pre, in his press conference, said that he felt that uh, Jordan yanked at his knee and John Morant just tweeted and then deleted that Jordan broke the code. you have a response to that? No, I don't have a response to it. It looked to me like they bumped knees before he even reached. It's kind of what I thought I saw. But no, um, I'm not going to sit here and go tit for tat. We got a basketball game to try to win Monday. You guys were like super turnover heavy early, um, still making pretty much every shot you got. What, what settled, I guess, what caused all the turnovers early and then what kind of settled you guys? I think early on, we were probably getting too deep into the paint, uh, trying to kick it out. We're dancing a little bit on our cuts and then just being careless with the basketball. You know, once we cleaned that up, turning the ball over and not getting shots is one issue. Trying to stop them in transition after a turnover is a totally different issue that's nearly impossible. So, not turning the ball over allows us to get our defense set. When you get your defense set, you come down with a balanced floor, you get great, you know, you can get transition opportunities. And so, you know, they, they all go hand in hand. But I think we we finally, we're, we're not driving too deep and trying to pass the ball. You kind of get into a space, see the first open guy, just move it. And I think we did a good job of that. Jordan was being attacked in game two. And, you know, even Jock had a nice little highlight play on him. What, what do you think of how Jordan responded in game three and the way he um, went on the attack? Uh, I thought it was beautiful the way he was attacking offensively, but even more so, I thought it was incredible how he defended um, and competed on that side of the ball. Uh, you know, yesterday, I think it was, um, you know, we I spoke about him having to defend, you know, and that's the expectation. If you want to win a championship, everyone has to defend. You have to give effort. Like I said, I'm not expecting him to come out and be Marcus Smart. That's not who he is. But when you come out and you give effort on that side of the ball, number one, your teammates can rally behind you. But even you know more so from an X and O standpoint, <clears throat> you put up some resistance and guys can get there to help if you do need help. And I think he was... Uh, I mean, we didn't need to help him much tonight. He was, he, they brought him into action. He sat down and guard. That's what it takes. Draymond, you guys are undefeated in the postseason in this building, and three of those wins have been by blowouts. I'm just wondering what you think about Chase as a, as a playoff home now. We got a long ways to go. You know, hopefully we'll get um, five more wins in this building and be, and, and be done with it, hopefully. Or if we need more, we'll take more. But, you know, I think it's, Everyone's more comfortable at home. That's just the reality of the game we play. And, you know, the fans were good tonight. It brought energy. You know, after the first few minutes of the game, we gave them energy to feed off of. And, it, you know, it's been working for us. But got another game Monday. And it's going to be even tougher, much tougher than it was tonight. Draymond Brent, Clark said some things about you after game one. Taylor Jenkins said what he said about Jordan tonight. Does it feel like they're trying to paint a picture about you guys that, or maybe a narrative about how you how you guys are playing your style of play. Are you sensing that? They're the most physical team, right? We've historically been viewed as a pretty soft jump shooting team, right? 
I ain't just make that up. The scouting report has always been get physical with them, and, and that's what it's been since I've been here. So, pain away. All right, Draymond Green, bring it, paint away. And, yeah, the Grizzlies are continuing to try and paint. And, yeah, Draymond Green with the, the response there, I think just well said uh, as far as l let's bring the focus to Monday and, and the game at hand and, and not wanting to get into uh, the tit for tat, uh, as Draymond said basketball game on Monday uh, I think the Warriors and look Draymond's smart enough to look around the room and know all the talking that's going on on the Grizzlies side of things that the Warriors Warriors have them right where they want them uh, at this point uh, with the two to one lead and with Morant now banged up and with the Grizzlies seemingly more focused on on everything other than you know, what they need to do on the floor to to attempt to to come back and and, and try and make a run at, at at winning this series. So final couple of minutes here, John Dickinson inside Chase Center, as the Warriors did win this one, one forty two to one twelve. Uh, let's go ahead and hear a couple of these as promised. Uh, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson both asked about what became headline of the night here post game. Uh, here here's Clay Thompson on on the Jordan Poole play and John Morant's reaction to it. Me personally, I've been through a tough knee injury and I don't think there was any malicious intent from Jordan. I don't even think he's strong enough to affect somebody's knee, but we're not out there trying to hurt people or trying to club people in the back of the head on a fast break. We play the game the right way and I'm going to have his back because that's, he's not out. He's No. Yeah. All right. So Clay Thompson having his back also maybe getting in a little, maybe a little, little sneaky shot. At the, at the Grizzlies there as well. We're not out here trying to hurt people or trying to club people in the back of the head on a fast break. Subtle shot there. Uh, let, let's also hear from Steph as Steph uh, addressed the play where Morant was, was injured and some of the chatter after. It's unfortunate that that is a conversation right now because obviously nobody wants to see anybody get hurt. There's nothing malicious about what Jordan did. There's no comparison to what Dylan did or Draymond, like nothing in that vein. So it's not a joke in the matter of Josh hurt, but the, all the rest of it is just total BS in terms of the conversation right now. So I remember that term that came up with hot stove contact. That's what it felt like. All right, so there you go. Steph just having, just I mean, perfectly said uh, as you look at it, uh, total BS, uh, not obviously, and nobody would, would say it's a joking matter that, that John Morant is hurt and, and limped out of the building tonight. Again, I've said it a bunch of times. I'm going to say it again. I hope John Morant is, is good to go and healthy and, and get some good news tomorrow based on uh, – the injury status and it's something that that wound up being a little tweak that that he can be ready to roll at, at 10 after 7 here uh, on Monday night Pacific time and and we can continue with the series but it does start to feel like things are bubbling beneath the surface a little bit in terms of the the frustration and and the reaction uh, from from the Grizzlies and now you've got the Warriors three best players the three future Hall of Famers uh, sticking up for the guys that have won championships, sticking up for the guy that's helped them win so many games this year. And, and look, they know what Jordan Poole's all about. Like, Jordan Poole's not a dirty player. Jordan Poole's not looking to take John Morant out going for a loose ball on a double team uh, because he thinks he can. Like, come on. Like, like there, there are a lot of things you could say about Jordan Poole. Being a dirty player wouldn't be one of them, right? And, and, and really, there aren't that many things you could say about Jordan Poole other than hell of an up-and-coming player that continues to, to be a, a force to be reckoned with in, in terms of the Warriors making this run down the stretch of the regular season and, and now on into the playoffs. So uh, stay tuned, as they say, uh, as far as, as what happens between uh, now and what will be, what, about 46, 45 hours from now with respect to uh, John Morant's status and how the Grizzlies uh, approach it. But I think right now, whether it's Steph, whether it's Clay, whether it's Draymond, whether it's Steve Kerr, the high road and, and the quiet road at this point with the team looking like looking like they're caught up in it a little bit uh, and caught up in some of the other things that, that aren't about the basketball necessarily. To me, you just let that ride. You get out of the series. You move on to the next, and you figure out who your conference finals opponent uh, is going to be at that point in time. And uh, just 
you know, try try and close this thing out as quickly as you possibly can if, if you have an opportunity to do it. And look, one game can change everything. I, I think if Morant's back and he's ready to roll, and, and I know they were 20-5 and five without him, 20-5 and five at one point, 20-2, and two, and they lost their last three games that, that he didn't play toward the end of, of the regular season, but they were 20-2 and two without him. Different animal in the playoffs, different team that the Warriors are facing uh, or that they're facing in the Warriors. But, uh, you know, the Grizzlies the, the Grizzlies have, have come at the Warriors a bunch of times here these last couple of years, and, and, and I, I think there's every reason to believe that, that they're going to lay it on the line uh, on, on Monday night up against it and trying to steal a game and home court advantage back. And, and look, if they get Monday, it's, it's game on at that point in a, in a best of three with potentially two of the games uh, at back at, at, at FedEx Forum. So the Warriors are going to have to play just as well as they did tonight on Monday and just as well as they did tonight on on Wednesday in Memphis if they're going to be able to to be fortunate enough to close this thing out. All right, that's going to do it for me. Uh, thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios, uh, Sterling Bennett, Craig Valentino, everybody uh, cutting up and, and editing the sound. Uh, good night tonight. Long day here uh, in San Francisco and at Chase Center. Uh, I'll be back with Warriors wrap-up on Monday night. So looking forward to that, Warriors and the Grizzlies. That's a 7 o'clock tip. Game four of the Western Conference semifinals, Damon and Ratto are going to have Warriors live for you for that one uh, beginning at 5.30. Look for a, a Warriors weekly podcast. Myself and Matt Steinmetz, we're going to try to connect tomorrow uh, and get to some of the reactions out as far as uh, what's going on in, in this series and some of the chatter post-game tonight. So uh, that'll be dropping uh, at some point here in in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, and then the Warriors and Grizzlies go here from Chase on Monday night, and I'll have Warriors wrap up after that one, and uh, Warriors wrap up the rest of the way here, uh, home or away, uh, for the remainder of the Warriors' postseason run. That'll do it. Warriors get the win, 142-112, to 112, and you heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Good night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.